it's August 2nd, 2022. My name is Jimmy Van, and it's time to know your news tonight. My guest is a twin dad who knows what it's like to have your kid cover you in stickers, and he once referred to himself as a human sock, puck, uh, human sock puppet. Sorry for the uh, mistake there. He is the creator of the True Heel Heat Wrestling Podcast. He is SP3. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. And I love the fact you 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 probably saw that picture of my daughter putting stickers all over my face. Great stuff. I can relate. I got two kids myself. I've had stickers and marker and tattoos and all kinds of stuff on me too. So I'm totally with you when I saw that. Uh, I never referred to myself as a human sock puppet, but otherwise, otherwise I'm totally with you, man. Hey, SP3 has got to mean something. Sock Puppet <laughs> 3, you know, got to mean a couple of things. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Well, here's what's going to happen. We're going to talk to KYN7, seven of the top news stories of the week that are stupid, funny, and weird. I'm going to get your reactions. I'm going to ask you questions along the way. And I always look forward to doing this with new people because, you know, I never know what I'm going to get when it comes to reactions, you know. But I think I'm going to get some good ones out of you today. So uh, let's start with story number seven reported by the New York Post. So there's a man in Wisconsin. He decided he was going to break into a, a K jeweler store and he was going to rob the place. This was this guy's plan. SP3, what happened next? Uh, well, this was a K jeweler store. So he probably got punched in the face and then he got arrested and a naked woman ran by. <laughs> Cause this is going to be outrageous. So I'm ready for it. Wow. That would be, that'd be appealing <laughs> sort of. So what happened was he pulled the brick out of his pocket to try smashing a case, but the thing wouldn't break. So we just kept trying. We got the video, Joel, put that up. So here he is right here going in this from the New York post. He pulls the brick out of his pocket, throws it at the display case. Doesn't work. Oh, let's pick it up and do it again. Doesn't work. Let's pick it up and do it again. Doesn't work. He ended up throwing that brick at the display case nine times before an employee chased him out of there. See, at one point, his sunglasses fell off. And then he thought, I'm going to put the sunglasses on and hide my identity. So he decided to do that. Employee chases him out right there. He got nothing. He took off in a Chevy Malibu that he had parked right out front. And he took off. And at last word, police were still on the hunt for him. So... Whenever I have these stories, I want to ask people a related question somehow, you know? And so here's my question for you. Have you ever tried your hardest to break something and it just wasn't happening? Maybe it was a pinata. Maybe it was a big chunk of ice. Maybe it was a coconut. Have you ever gotten frustrated? You're trying to break something and it just won't happen. Yes. A uh, watermelon at a cookout for my family. Uh, like, I don't know why they asked me. I, I don't know. Oh, it was because I used to sell knives for a living. So they thought that maybe the knives that I sold, I could use that to open a coconut. And these knives, these ha had scissors that can cut a penny. I had a knife that could cut a rope. But for some reason, it couldn't cut the watermelon. So hmm. I looked like a, a fool being up there for maybe about 20, 30 minutes trying to cut <laughs> this watermelon. And it just wouldn't break. Wow. You couldn't get a knife into the watermelon. Nope. Nope. I don't know what my sister did, but she got the unbreakable watermelon and it took maybe like three of us to kind of work together to finally break it open. So what kind of knives were you selling for a living that you couldn't get this knife that you're spending money on into a watermelon? 
it was Cutco knives. Uh, it has a lifetime warranty, <laughs> and I think just mine because I was selling so much and on the go. I think mines were a little dull, needed a little bit of sharpening. So I think at that point, that's why it didn't work out for me. But I was really good at that. So that I think that's why I was doing so many appointments, and the knives were not as sharp as they once were. Very good answer. Very good answer. I thought you were going to say, yeah, there were a lot of people just asking for that warranty. Like just a shit ton of people <laughs> returning the knife because they couldn't cut watermelon with it, you know? So your answer was a lot better. I was such a damn good sales guy that my knives were all dull by the time I tried cutting that watermelon. Good for you, man. Good for you. Can't bury, can't bury the product. <laughs> Let's go into story number six. This one was posted on Twitter. So there's a man named Benjamin Ryan, and he's a science reporter. And he posted a tweet about how there was misinformation out there about monkeypox. Remember monkeypox was a, a thing on the news a little while ago? Yeah. So the science reporter, he's posting on Twitter about how there's misinformation about it. His tweet ended up going viral. And so my question for you is, why did the science reporter's tweet about monkeypox go viral? Because he was researching it by using actual monkeys. Interesting answer. So he meant to write that the outbreak occurs among men who have sex with men. That's what he meant to put up there. It occurs among men who have sex with men. He left out the N on the last men. And so it read like the outbreak occurs among men who have sex with me. Joel, do you have the picture of the tweet? Here it is right here. He says the outbreak is occurring almost entirely among men who have sex with me. That is what he wrote. Now, he was a good sport about this, and he replied to his own tweet, and he said, and yes, I too am subject to this dreaded typo. So he was a pretty good sport about it, but not before the thing went viral, and you saw what he put. So here's my question for you. You're a content creator. You're active on social media, and I've asked this question to others that are in your position. Have you ever been embarrassed by a social media typo? I think I think I have a few times like I, I I'm really waiting for the Twitter edit button to happen. I can't put my finger on it because sometimes I'll just really quickly delete it um, <laughs> if I if I'm able to catch it. But some people are so fast that you get the screenshot. And yes. yeah, I don't I can't put my finger on any time that it was that bad to be the source of chick to be the source of monkey pox. Yes. that's something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell, I mean, at least he, he eradicated the problem. He fixed the problem, right? Because he's saying to scientists, I figured it out. I figured it out. I'm the problem. It was me. So basically, you take care of me and you're going to take care of this problem. But no, he, he was a good sport about it. But can you, can you imagine how he must have felt? He, he posted that tweet. Then he probably like went about his day or something. Then he probably saw his notifications blowing up. And then he probably checked it and he said, oh, shit. I said, uh, if you have sex with me, that's good. But that's that's awesome. I, I, I I'm now going to look through my social media. So maybe I haven't deleted one mistake that I did so I could screenshot that to, to to talk about this show, because that is that is grand. If you see a lot of notifications going on in one of your tweets, you better check it out. You know what I'm saying? Very true. Let's go on to story number five reported by Insider.com. So there's a museum in Germany. And they put up uh, an art installation as part of an exhibit, an art exhibit. And the animal rights group PETA, they filed a complaint against the city of Wolfsburg, Germany, about that art exhibit or that art installation. And so the city got the museum to take it down. 
My question for you is, why did PETA have a problem with that art installation? Was the art in installation uh, made up of animal skin and, and, and sheep's blood? You know what? That might have made more sense. PETA didn't like that the thing killed flies. Joel, do you have a picture of it? So this one here, that's the second shot. Do you have the first shot? Uh, apparently, it didn't upload. Okay, well, we'll deal with this one because there's a big explanation here. So this art installation is a glass display subdivided into two parts. One side has flies hatching in it on the right side. The flies then travel through a hole in the middle to the other side. They were drawn in by a bright light and the bright light would zap them. And so the flies would die. PETA had a problem with that because they didn't like that the flies were dying. But here's the fucked up part. And you can see it in that picture. The original art installation that they did before they installed that zap light and all of that, the original art installation, they used a cow's head to draw the flies. And in that picture there, put it up again, Joel. See on the ground, you can see a cow's head there. So originally, oh my God. Yeah. So originally, <laughs> they would use a cow's head to get the flies to go through to draw them in. They ended up removing the cow's head. They put in a bright light instead. And apparently, that's when PETA had a problem with it, is when they had already gotten rid of the cow's head. And that's apparently what happened. They don't, PETA's like, don't kill flies. <laughs> SP3, don't do it. Don't do it. Funny enough, I've had an experience with PETA because uh, I, I, what I will tell you is that I've had a lot of different jobs and I used to do fundraising for Greenpeace. And yeah, the stuff that PETA, because I've had conversations with them being a fundraiser for Greenpeace, the stuff that they get upset about is very weird. But yeah, I would think that the cow's head would be right. the issue, not the not the flies. But there are like only like maybe 70,000 uh, bees and flies left in the world so PETA is trying to save the flies save the flies I, I knew that's that because I did like a Greenpeace for a while and our big campaign was saving the bees and I was just like I hate bees I don't want to be around them but apparently we we have a devoid of honey in the world so so I'm with you on the bees I'm with you on the bees I don't think there's a shortage of flies <laughs> I think I think there's as many flies as there's ever been. I mean, hell, all I, all I got to do is open my back door for half an hour and then my whole house will be an art installation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the bees might be one thing, but I don't think there's a big issue with the flies. But here's my question for you. And you kind of already alluded to this. My question is, how do you feel about insects? Like, do you have any phobias? Are you afraid to touch them? Uh, are you, do, do you not mind being in there using your hands? If there's a, let's say there's a mosquito pestering you, will you slap it with your bare, bare hand or do you have to grab something in order to hit it? No, I, I'm the type. I will slap it with my bare hands. In, insects, flies, anything that can make a noise in my ear as well, that just bugs me. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. Uh, my missus all the time has to tell me, just just hit it out of the window. You don't have to try to kill it, but I always do. I, uh, I am sorry for anyone who's offended by that. PETA, don't come after <laughs> me. Uh, I'm not going to share my social media here, but no, uh, I just it just bugs the hell out of me and it always seems to be when i'm doing some type of content that some type of insect is around my ear and it just bugs the hell out of me you're bugged by the bugs you know something my mom is my mom is an old school european 
And to this day, she's 84 years old. To this day, let's say if she sees, I don't know, uh, an ant walking across the floor or anything, a cricket, whatever, she'll pick it up in her fingers and pinch it to kill it. That's what she'll do. That's called old school. That's that what is that old is. School. Yeah. So come on, PETA, bring it, bring it. We ain't scared of PETA here. This is this is PETA just bring it podcast. PETA just bring it on the flies. That's right. Bring it on the flies. All right, let's go to story number four, reported by news.com.au. So there's a social media influencer out in Australia. Her name is Holly Cheeseman. And she posted a picture of herself on Instagram at a luxury mansion in Palm Beach, Australia. We got the picture. Put up that picture, Joel. There she is right there. Uh, she posted that of herself, standing outside that luxury mansion in uh, Palm Beach, Australia. Now, she might not have got the attention for that picture that she expected. And my question for you is, why do you think she might not have gotten the right kind of attention for that photo? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was the uh, the greenery behind her. I tried to, I tried to look at it because I was like, it's not about her here. It's what I'm getting from a lot of these stories. Maybe it's <laughs> the the greenery behind her. Maybe it's just where the party was at. What was it? So the owner of that property caught her on surveillance, stripping down to take the picture in front of his house. We've got the video. Joel, put it up. There she is right there. She's got a friend with her. Hold her. Hold my phone. Hold my phone. I'm going to do this real quick. This isn't my house. I have nothing to do with this place. Let me, let me peel this off. And then she noticed the camera. Oh, there you go. It's looping. You can take it off. She noticed the surveillance camera. And when she noticed the surveillance camera, she made sure to move out of the way. So she didn't live there. She was just trying to create a false impression. And she got caught. And that's what happened. And here's the sad part, too. So the owner of that house, his name is Nick McDonald. He said that influencers are regularly seen congregating around his house. So it's just more fake bullshit that these influencers are trying to create this false impression, like they're living a glamorous life that they're probably not. And this girl happened to get cut. And so my question for you is this, because you, you're in social media and you, you know, you've got a presence. Have you ever seen someone go to great lengths in order to fake anything? And I mean anything. Um, yeah, I used to, I, well, one, I used to also, uh, do extra work for central casting. So I've seen people, you know, boost up their social media numbers. Uh, I've seen people sneak into, into different places to kind of take photos, um, yeah, I mean, I, I live in New York. One, I've seen I see fake stuff all the time. New York, <laughs> New, York, New York is a melting pot. There's a lot of real here, but there's also a lot of fake. I've seen someone take a picture in front of uh, Times Square and say that they they live here when they're from like. Uh, brazil or mexico and say oh i love being in new york that's my favorite place to go and all it is is a little sparkly billboard and uh it's not even a, it's not even a place it's like this is my favorite place to go my favorite play to go so yeah I, i've seen a, a lot of that and i've also worked in hotels so that's a lot of fake stuff going on in hotels let me just let you know i remember there was a guy that was a contestant it might have been on america's got talent or, or one of those reality shows and he did a video like a cribs video welcome to my home and it turned out that he was renting that house and he was behind on his rent but that's not what he said in the video you know what i'm saying 
So to the, to this day, I am not a reality TV fan. You're never going to catch me watching the Kardashians because I know it's all scripted bullshit. But whenever you see somebody get caught in the act like that uh, girl did, you know, it's I find it kind of humorous. And so uh, and so I like to throw those up. All right, let's go to story number three. This is reported by WCHS Fox 11. These stories, man, these stories. So there's a man in Kanawha County, West Virginia, and he is accused of stealing copper wire from interstate lights and selling the material at recycling centers. So he was going to interstate lights and like pulling the wire out and then taking them to recycling centers in order to get the cash. He received about $16,000 in cash for that copper before he got caught. And my question for you is, how did he get caught? Um, was he counting the money? Uh, did he try to get more money? I'm, I'm going to say he was counting the money right after retrieving the copper. I mean, so, retrieving the money for the copper. He decided to stroll right on into a recycling center to sell more copper while the cops were there. We have his mugshot. Joel, put up this guy's mugshot. Look at this guy. <laughs> this is 31-year-old Clarence Wayne Giles. He is accused of stealing, get this, over 4,700 pounds of copper. 4,700 pounds of copper. What? Yes, from multiple interstate light fixtures. He's charged with a whole bunch of shit, including grand larceny and other stuff. And the estimated cost repair the damage of those lights is $1.5 million. So the guy got 16 grand in copper and he caused damage estimated at $1.5 million. It's unbelievable. And I, I can't help but wonder, like, wasn't the cruiser right outside? Did the, yeah. did, you know what I mean? Were the cops walking down the sidewalk? Like, uh, it's, it's hard for me to fathom. How do you stroll into this place, not know that the cops are there? So it's, that's why it's on this list, I guess, you know? Yeah, I would say there's there would be a lot of telltale signs. Like cops are very uh, well known and well seen. Any place you go, you see the cruiser outside. But when you're that guy, you're gonna stand out. He looks like he's a <laughs> he's a he's a cast member on Ninety Day Fiance. A lot of those guys. He probably has a a wife in uh in Australia that he's gonna bring over, and he needed the money for that. So I understand what what's his reasoning for selling the copper and trying to make the money, but. You kind of did it the wrong way. You should have caused as much damage as you were going to get in money. Well, there you go. News outlets. If you want to know why that guy stole the copper, SP3's got your answer. So we're here to help. Here's my question for you. You know, I always like to try to find questions somehow related to a story. And I'm a little creative on this one. So when I think of copper, I think of pennies. When I think of pennies, I think about how they're kind of becoming a collector's item now. You know, because no one really uses pennies anymore. And so my question is, do you collect anything? Uh, I collect I collect wrestling T-shirts. Uh, I have have T-shirts from when I was about uh, six to eight years old uh, that I that I collected and that I kept throughout the years from going to different shows. It's gotten to the point that my missus now, though, uh, will see the shirt and see how bad of quality it is. And she'll tell me, oh, it's time to throw this away. But I'm like, no, I have to keep it like it, it's a collector's. I have a whole collection of shirts. And I also used to collect uh, Pokemon cards. That was oh. my bag when I was a, when I was a kid. I used to have the books, the laminated books. Those were those were my jam. 
So then you must appreciate Logan Paul walking around. Is it what's the thing worth like two million dollars or something? Yes, I was so jealous of him when he came out with that. I was like, oh man, you know, twelve year old SP three. He is just he's going over the moon for that. I'm waiting for him to get mugged for that. I'll be honest, he's got a lot of money. He can do without it. I'm not wishing harm on anybody, but come on, you're you're almost calling for it when you're strolling down to the ring or at an event wearing that thing around your neck. You're you're asking for it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And like I said, I'm from New York. If you walked around <laughs> with that around your neck in New York, it don't matter what street, what borough you're in, you're probably getting mugged for that. Awesome. All right, let's go on to story number two, reported by the by the Washingtonian. This one, the Washingtonian. So you know how sometimes you hear about two types of food or beverage products that are brought together kind of like a mashup for some kind of a promotion, you know, like I've had a peanut butter and jelly burger before. Uh, that's an example. Oreo will always do, do co-branded stuff. Like I've seen Oreo peeps and I've seen chips Ahoy Oreo and, and things like that, you know? So there's an American food brand that's been around for over a hundred years and they recently launched an alcoholic beverage in Washington, DC. And my question for you is, what do you think that is? A hundred years, because um, the first thing that came to mind when I'm thinking of food combinations, so I'm just going to say for this one, is Nutella. Is it Nutella? Because I've had Nutella pizza, so maybe they got Nutella uh, alcoholic beverages. That's a good guess. No, this is the Velveeta mac and cheese martini. We've got pictures of them. Joe, put up the first one. So they call it the Veltini. <laughs> This thing is available at BLT steak restaurants in the DC area. Plus you can get home delivery cocktail kits. It features Velveeta cheese infused vodka and they garnish the glass with Velveeta stuffed olives, jumbo size Velveeta cheese shells and a cheese drip on the glass. Oh boy. Does that look tempting? Look at that thing. Would you stand in line at the BLT steak uh, house in uh, Washington DC to get yourself one of those? I don't know if I'm disgusted or intrigued. Um, I yeah, I would I would try it if I saw it if it was available. I definitely would try it. I would probably spit it out uh, within five minutes of tasting it. But that definitely gets me intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued by that, and I would be interested. I love me some Velveeta, some Velveeta along oh, with some mashed potatoes. Put it together, yeah, yeah. That's probably the only mac and cheese that I can make like perfectly. So. I would have liked to have been in the boardroom when the executives at Velveeta were sitting around and they're brainstorming and they're thinking, what can we do to kind of get ourselves out there to a different audience? And what can we do to like maybe get a viral moment? And somebody decided, let's infuse it with vodka. Let's do that. Like, how the hell did that happen? You know what I mean? But that's what they did. And so here's a question, and you already kind of alluded to one, but here's a question. Are there any weird food combinations that you absolutely swear by? Oh, that Nutella pizza is one of the greatest things that I've ever ate in my life. Like that, it just had Nutella chocolate on top of the pizza. And I was weirded out at first. It had like sliced strawberries on it. And I, I was a person that I didn't even want to try like pineapples on pizza at that point. But I ate that and it was magical. So <laughs> Nutella pizza, it was it's available in Rhode Island. I forget the place that it was called, but it was it was in Rhode Island that I had it. And it's one of the best like weird combinations of food that I've ever eaten. 
So it wasn't exactly like a pepperoni pizza dipped in Nutella. It wasn't like that. It was like a dessert pizza. Yes, it was like a dessert pizza. So, so I mean, I, I would say try it. Try it out. It's very good. I mean, like I said, I had peanut butter and jelly on a burger in a, in a restaurant in uh, Anaheim, California. Ironically enough, Bobby Lashley did an interview one time, and he talked about the exact restaurant and the exact burger that, uh, that I had. I believe, I believe the place was called Slater's 50-50, I believe. So that I thought was pretty unique. I've had stuff like cold slaw yeah. on a chicken sandwich, stuff like that before. But I damn sure haven't had a Velveeta martini. And I don't <laughs> think I'm going to uh, travel to Washington, D.C. anytime soon in order to get myself one. You know what I'm saying? I, I might be in Washington, D.C. You never know with with what the, you know, the content creation. And maybe I'll try that. The Velveeta vodka. Um I I was I'm I'm both intrigued and, <laughs> and disgusted by it, but I'm more intrigued. It's like it's like seventy five percent intrigued, twenty five percent disgusted. That's good enough to try it. So when you do yeah. it, I want a video of you toasting the camera with that glass with the cheese dripped all over it and the olives in there. I want to see you, and then not only do I want to see you drink it, I want to see you ch chomping on those olives too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got to get the I whole experience in there. See, I don't, I don't think I would eat the olives by itself. I never eat the olives with a drink, but with the Velveeta mac and cheese on top, maybe I'm more tempted to do the, you know, the combination. I think things are better with combinations. So you put the mac and cheese Velveeta with the olive and I'll, I'll eat it and I'll have know your news right on the napkin too, because I heard it here first. Amazing. Amazing. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's going to be an exclusive. All right. It is time already for story number one. Reported by the mirror. This is a good one too. So there's a man named Lewis Patterson and he was planning to propose to his girlfriend and they went to the South of France. And as a matter of fact, they went to the same town that beauty and the beast was set in because his girlfriend's all time favorite classic movie is beauty and the beast. And so he wanted to, to propose to her there to make it extra special. Right. SP three, what happened next? Uh, the man turned into the beast right in front of everybody's eyes. His clothes started, you know, forming, breaking out and stuff. Everybody was horrified. But this woman was so in love in her in his, in his eyes. She saw the man that she fell in love with. Fascinating. It almost sounds like a mashup of like Beauty and the Beast and the Incredible Hulk. The way you put that. <laughs> Fascinating. It's like his clothes exactly are ripping was, off and everything. <laughs> That's exactly how I thought about it. I was like, yeah. it's, it's kind of in reverse, but that works. Well, in reality, what happened was he accidentally dropped the ring in a pile of horse shit. We've got the video, Joel. Put that up. So he flipped open the lid to the box, got down on one knee, and the ring went flying out when the lid got uh, flipped open, and it landed in a pile of horse manure and hay at the side of the road. Fortunately... They were able to spot it, and they got the proposal back on track. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that he cleaned the ring first. I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope that he didn't say, let's make this organic. Let's make it organic. Let's put the shit ring on your finger. I'm going to guess that he cleaned it off first, but that's what happened. And so, once again, like I said, I like to have questions kind of related to the story, and I can go in a lot of different directions with this one. But what I'm going to ask you is this. I'm going to start off easy. Have you ever taken a ride on an animal and a merry-go-round does not count? 
Uh, yes, I've ri- I've ridden a horse in my in my life. That was when I was very young, and I always I'm always horrified by it, and always horrified by the <laughs> horrified by the fact that I did that because I'm a very big into sitcoms, and I all every time I look at a horse now, I think of the last episode of Full House when Michelle fell off the horse and she almost forgot who she was. So I, I was horrified that I was like six, five, six years old and I rode on a horse. I was like, I could have been like Michelle and I don't even have a twin that I can talk to that would make <laughs> me remember who I am. I mean, it could have been worse. Have you ever seen The Godfather? That is true. Yes, I have. <laughs> there could, there could have been a lot of other fa- areas where your mind could have gone when it comes to the horses. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a lot of different stuff. I mean, there's a lot of different movies that I've seen with like different horses. There's also Clerks too, where, where you know you don't want the horse to do that to you. But uh, yeah, what <laughs> that's about, always what I thought of. And what about because you know you're a city boy from New York, like you've said. Have you like ever fed a barnyard barnyard animal? Like, have you ever you know moseyed on up to a cow and uh, and given them some grass or anything like that? Yes, I believe so, because I used to go to a lot of like uh, daycares or like after schools where they used to take us to different field trips. And they when I was like nine, 10 years old, they took us to like a farm. So I was able to feed, uh, you know, a a horse again. I didn't ride at that time. I was like, no, Um, (laughs) I was able to, you know, feed grass to to a cow. I think they actually made me uh, milk the cow as well. That was there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I was. That is not something that I I would do now though, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that was my experiences with farms. It's very weird being in the city though. That's like that's like a complete one eighty from my regular life. Fascinating. I was once at a farm for a wedding reception because my buddy decided to have it there, which was something unique. And everybody, you know, everybody's standing around in suits and in like their wedding dresses and stuff. And there, a cow comes up to me, and my wife, a city girl, is freaking out. That cow is going to do something. He's going to do something. But I'm a country boy. So I start petting the cow and I'm feeding the cow and everybody's gathering around because they're all city folk. And they're like, whoa, this is a everything." And she sees a llama and she's pulling grass to feed the llama. And I had to put my hand in front of her and go, ah. And I looked at the eyes of that llama and I said, you're staying away from that bastard. Do you know what they'll do? <laughs> what would llamas do? They will I, I spit really on know. you. They will spit on you and they can projectile spit. And I grew up uh, when I was when I was younger, I grew up around this stuff. And I looked at that llama in the eyes and that llama looked at me and I thought, you little bastard, you're going to spit at us. So I made her stay away from him. But uh, yeah, that's one of my experiences, man. And that's that's where the love, where the love grew, because you were experienced and you knew what these animals were going to do. If it was me, I would be totally like, I, I don't know what's going on here and I'm going to stay away from any of the animals. It sounds to me like you would have ended up getting spin on. Then you would have been, you know, uh, going to get your Velveeta martini. Just just all this stuff going on in your world, man. That'd be something else. Well, this has gone by really quick, and uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I want to thank our guest, SP3. Tell the people what you're doing and where they can find you. 
Uh, you could find me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. That's T-R-U-H-E-E-L-S-P-3. Uh, you can check me out on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel where we do different content for wrestling, reviews, podcasts. Every single Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time is our flagship with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, talking about the week in wrestling. I also do uh, other content for different YouTube channels, whether it be the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, has Russell Talk. I also do writing over there for WrestleTalk.com and for Fightful Overbooked, I do uh, the FMC show with Jeremy Lambert, where we talk about anything but wrestling, because I do so much wrestling content. I need a show where I can let out all my things about Love Island UK and the challenge and basketball, hockey, all that good stuff, movies. So we got FMC, and that's every Monday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time with myself and Jeremy Lambert. But thank you so much, Jimmy. This has been a great opportunity. You're one that I've always wanted to share the screen with, and this was a lot of fun. I am, de- I'm, I'm serious. I'm trying to go to Washington D.C. for the Vel- <laughs> <laughs> for the Velveeta Vodka. I'm, I'm here for it. I can't wait to see it. That's going to be amazing. Thanks a lot for your time. And you just mentioned, you know, I do this one podcast because it's something different than wrestling. That's one of the reasons I do this, just so that we can talk about something different than professional wrestling. You know what I mean? And the stupid stories are not going to end, man. They're not going to end. It's just going to keep going. So thanks a lot for your time. This was a lot of fun, man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And yes, support this channel because you guys are doing great stuff. Very entertaining. Always, I watch it myself and I'm glad to be on it. Thanks, man.